Well, I want to welcome you again here to Big Valley Grace. Welcome over in the venue. Blessings on all of you. And Jared, thanks for leading worship over there with the team. If you're watching online, we're grateful that you're with us or the radio program. We're, we're just glad you're, you're here, however you're, you're here. Um, when we kicked off this series, One in Christ, uh, you know, I had a thought, I, I sensed from the Lord that this was something that he wanted us to do. And never in my wildest dreams that I think it would um, um, uh, kind of have the impact that it's had. Uh, I've had a number of pastors and leaders in our community who have called me and expressed gratitude for what we're doing. And uh, there, there was a guy that I, I really wanted to have, and I wanted him to be the, the last guy, and that was um, Bob Irwin. Uh, Bob Irwin has been a part of my Christian life since the very, very beginning when I gave my life to Christ. Uh, we actually lived together for a season. Uh, he grew up in a home where they knew Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was lifted up in his home, and, and I didn't. And I gave my life to Christ, and God, through the two of us together, we served together here for a little while, and, and Bob is the, the senior pastor at Mill Creek Community Church, doing a great work over there. His wife is Mavis, and I've been a part of uh, just their, their life for a long, long time. And um, I want you to know... I've listened to this message twice now, and it, it's really, it's just really, really great. You're going to hear from the Lord today. It's going to sound a lot like Bob Irwin, but it's really, a, you're going to hear from the Lord, and I want you to pay close attention. Welcome up my friend, Bob Irwin. Would you do that? All right, well, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, it's great to, great to be here. A great worship team. I, I, could, I could go through 10 worship services. I couldn't hear myself 10 times, but I could sit there and hear that 10 times and never be bored. That was just great. Well, I'm honored to be here today. My friendship with Rick uh, is why, one reason why I'm honored to be here. It was a privilege to, um, to live with Rick um, and as quite an experience. Uh, I have two words that might describe living with Rick Countryman. Ted Nugent. <laughs> he loved... Ted Nugent. I'd walk in the house and there's Ted Nugent. You know, and I've never even heard of Ted Nugent before I lived with Rick. So uh, it, was, uh, it was quite an experience. There's other stories that I could tell, but I can't. <laughs> but it was fun to watch him. It was fun to hear him pray when he first became a Christian. I mean, he said, he, he must have said the word C-R-A-P at least 50 times in a, in, in, in a two-minute prayer. I think he still does that once in a while is what I understand. Nothing's really changed. Um, but it was 35 years ago that, uh, that I was welcomed into to Big Valley as a college student um, and, and welcomed in as a young man kind of trying to find myself. And it was, it was here that I uh, gave myself and, and, and asked the Lord to, to bless me as I gave my life to vocational Christian service. It was back then we had to walk the aisle, and so I had to walk the aisle. Uh, we don't do that anymore, but to give my heart to, to full-time vocational service, it was, it was a great experience. I'm also honored because you are living this theme, one in Christ, as well as any church I know. And uh, it has been an honor to listen as I've listened to the other pastors and just prayed and, and asked the Lord what he might show me. But there's another reason I'm glad that Rick invited me here, and that is payback. Um, I do believe in the passage that says, vengeance is mine. Uh, 
And so I would like to share with you just a, a story. Rick was in our wedding. Oh, by the way, here's my wife, Mavis. My, Mavis, why don't you stand up? This is my beautiful wife, Mavis, of 30 years. That's Mavis. That's Avis Rent-A-Car with an M. And so that was my wife, Mavis, and my three children are here as well. And uh, eight, Robbie's 28, Amy's 25, and Jacob's 22, and they're in the youth department. Robbie's, my son, Robbie, is speaking this morning. And Pastor Chuck that was up here is my brother-in-law, so it's like Irwin's Adam weekend here. Uh, so that was, that was great. Um, but uh, payback, uh, so it was in our wedding, and here's a picture of, 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 our, of our wedding. He was in our wedding. There's Rick, and I've kind of made him a little smaller than us, just kind of worked. And, but, but really, it was, it was my bachelor party that, uh, that was an experience that I'll never forget for my so-called friends, Rick Hanks, um, and, 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 uh, and Rick Countryman. Uh, we had a bachelor party, and uh, they took me and they, they, they kidnapped me. They put me in a shopping cart, put my hands behind my back, uh, tied them up, put a bandana around where I could not see, I took my shirt off, and they stuck me in the middle of McHenry on the corner of Staniford and McHenry and left me there. And they, my so-called friends, listening, and I didn't know where I was, because they, so they were laughing as they sat in the corner. Well, then they took me back to the old J building where Rick and I had our offices, and it was at that point that my shirt was off, and they put shaving cream on my chest, and they took a razor, a big razor, and they, my wife's name is Mavis, they took the shaver and on my chest hairs, the letter M. <laughs> Look who's doing it. Now, you notice that little, I wanted to get up close because the little, little, little grin he had, he was enjoying this way too much. You think you have a godly pastor. He is not who he says he is. And so, Rick, I like payback this morning, a razor blade, and I'm serious. This is the third service, last one. Oh, that's right, Rick doesn't have chest hairs. That's right. Ah. Oh. An E would just be great in there. So, uh, uh, so it was just great. So, um, uh, so payback. Uh, no, not really. I, I love. I'm so proud of. I am absolutely Rick. Uh, I'm just so proud of you. Um, but I feel like the cleanup hitter, as Rick said, and, and I and I asked the Lord, what what would what would what would we need to talk about as we close? One in Christ, Pastor Glenn of the house talked about um, the church has left the building and um, we're all the church. We are the church and praying for these names of people that do not know the Lord. Uh, Pastor Mark of Modesto Covenant challenged us to, to whether we really do care whether we're the church or not, whether we are one in Christ. And uh, uh, Pastor Carl, humble man, um, said, what, what is, just define what unity is all about. But we all have a story. My story in One in Christ is following the example of my dad who, who struggled with alcoholism most of his life. Uh, he played professional football, and, and yet I watched him as, as he just grew in the Lord. Um, but he would always do something when he passed a church, and it would always bug me. He would always, he had this little twitch, and he, he, he closed one eye, and he twitched, and he pointed up whenever he passed a church that believed in Jesus. And, and I, and I kind of said, dad, what are you doing? I'm praying for the church. I'm asking the Lord to bless him. 
You know, so it always had a little twitch and it would bother me and it bugged me. But, but as I watched him do it, everywhere he went, it was always, you know, and, and as we go by churches that believe in Christ, would, would we just, not, not this, if you, unless you want to, uh, but, but would you just pray a blessing on churches? So as we begin, what, what is it that, that God wants us to do here? Well, as we wrap this up, uh, I want to talk to you about math. My, my wife and I and, and our children planted Mill Creek Church 12 years ago, and we've learned a little bit about math, spiritual math. And I believe that, that talking about math today could change not only um, you as an individual, it could change our churches, it could change a region, it, it could even change the world when we talk about spiritual math, because I do believe I'm not very good at math, but I do believe that, that five out of every three individuals are not good at math. And so, so it may, but, but if you are good at math, you're weird, but you're good at math. But uh, let's talk about arithmetic because I do believe it could change the, the, the face of, of our churches. And let's begin by turning to John chapter 17. I have it on the screen, but, or at least uh, if you'd like to listen, because of time, we have about six or seven verses of Scripture I'm going to uh, just mention today and read for you, and I hope you'll interact with it. But, but just think through as we talk about arithmetic um, and, and do the math. Because here's a question I want to begin with. Do you believe that Jesus' um, prayers were answered? Do you believe that Jesus' prayers were answered? I mean, if, if we pray and we want our Father to, to answer our prayers, Jesus, you would think every prayer would be answered. Well, here was his prayer in John chapter, teen, John chapter 17 when, when he says in verse 20, I am praying for not only you disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me. That's us. And I pray that they will be one. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me, so that the world would believe that we may be one. Do you think Jesus' prayers were answered? Well, of course they were. We're answering it. In fact, we don't need to, to, to say, well, let's just work really hard at being one. You know, our prayer has already been answered. We are one. We just have to participate now in what Jesus has already prayed and the Father has already answered and to strive for, but we need to walk that we are certainly one in Christ. Now, do you believe that? So the prayer's been answered. So now we walk in it. We participate in it. We participate in it. We're one. Now, Christians... Uh, uh, belong to a, a lot of different churches, and there are a lot of different churches out there. There are big churches, small churches, um, there are contemporary churches, there are traditional churches, and there are churches that are really contemporary. There are churches that, but, but, but what's the goal? That we're one in Christ. We're family. We're all in this together. Our church is different than Big Valley. Mavis and I call our church the quirky family-owned pizza parlor on the corner, where Big Valley might be like Costco. And, uh, but, but, but what's the unity? The vision is what? Jesus lifted up. That's the unity. That's the vision. That's what I want to talk about today. Uh, and so follow along with me in your notes uh, if you'd like to. If you're new here, um, uh, love to follow along with notes and then take it home and you have it. But uh, let's begin by just adding in uh, or writing in the first point, and that is addition. Let's talk about addition as we talk about spiritual arithmetic. Uh, a simple addition is one of the first things that uh, we learn in school. It's also one of the first things that happened in the early church. 
Man, the early church met together, and it says five times in the book of Acts, the Lord added to their number daily, added to their number, and it was an exciting time, explosive growth, explosive growth. It's exciting to be part of a growing environment. I mean, when your small group is growing and you go from the dining room into the, or the living room into the dining room, it's growing. When ushers have to put chairs in the, in, in, in the back because there's so, everyone's, everyone's here in, in a service, I mean, these are good signs and, and signs of addition, but growth means change and growth also means growing pains. Growing pain. So what is the mindset that you and I are to have as we think about this idea of one in Christ? And that is that Jesus must increase. That's the mindset. That's the mindset. In fact, in John chapter 3, verse 30, John the Baptist says, uh, Jesus needs to increase, and John the Baptist says, I need to decrease. John the Baptist was the forerunner for the Messiah, and, uh, and, and, the, and when Jesus stepped on the scene, things changed. In fact, John said, that is why I'm here. The Messiah is here. And, and, and so his, John's disciples were kind of in rivalry. It never happens, but it even happened back then, uh, rivalry. John the Baptist's disciples did not catch the one vision idea, and so they kind of said, John, uh, hey, we see your disciples leaving us and following the, the G." following Jesus. What's the deal? Because they, they no longer felt valuable. They, no, they no longer felt valued. And many of us have been hurt when we have felt like we haven't been valued and John's disciples all of a sudden leave and because we have to keep the big picture in mind. The one vision is that Jesus be lifted up. He gets the glory. We don't. He needs to increase. So here's our challenge. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, it says this, and, and this is God's plan. You want to know God's plan? Here it is. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, here's the plan asking Jews and Gentiles to be one. So Paul defines what this mystery, Gentile believers and Jewish Jewish believers are one, heirs together, the same body, uh, sh shares together in, in the promise of Christ Jesus. But here's the problem, Jews did not like Gentiles. Jews did not like Gentiles. In fact, the Jew would not cross the street to help a Gentile, Good Samaritan. There was a problem of unity. In fact, in Luke 9, the disciples, um, Jewish disciples, were going through Samaria, Gentile uh, region. In fact, when, when they went through, Jesus uh, mentions to them that we're going through Samaria. And in chapter 9 of Luke, verse 53, it says, But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. So I love verse 54, when it says, James and John, now these are two disciples, said this, Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven and burn them up? Now, okay, that's in scripture. James and John, disciples said, Jesus, should we call down from heaven and burn them? Wow. Have you ever wanted to see someone punished for what they did to you? Now, Personally, I've never, ever asked God 
to burn someone alive. Scorched them, but not burn them. But the way we are one in Christ, or we're one in Christ when maybe in reality we say, well, we're one in Christ when we go to the same church together, we're one in Christ. Or, or we look like, uh, we, we, we look the same, or we act the same, and, um, or we come from the same church background or denomination, well, then we're one in Christ. But here's the challenge, though, we ignore people who, from, from churches that believe differently in those non-essentials. Or people who have hurt us, we want to stay clear of instead of possibly being reconciled. Or people who bring life's baggage into an environment, you go, oh, cool. Oh, that, make, that, make, that person makes me really uncomfortable. Last week, uh, I saw someone that, who looked like somebody who hurt me in the past. And I semi-jokingly said to my wife, I don't like that guy because he looks just like I know you've never done that. But man, how weak I am. But you know what's weird is that that brother and I are going to be in heaven together. Now, as long as he stays on his side of heaven, we're okay. <laughs> but we're, we're, going, we're going to be in heaven together. I love this little poem, To dwell about with the saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, oh, well, that's another story. And so till we get to heaven, we live with each other, and together we are on the same team. Now, are, but here's the challenge. Are we part of the problem of unity or the solution to unity? We all need to take our responsibility. Do you know anyone that you would not cross the street to help? Sometimes we ask people, you know, what denomination are you from? What we're really asking is, how do I put you in this little box? Or people that uh, maybe have a different uh, nationality than us, or even gender, or age. See, we, we want to put people in a, in a nice little box, and, and yet unity is God's plan of Ephesians 3, is what the, God's plan is reaching people not like us. And, and, and when the shepherds heard the, the good news from the angel at Christ's birth, it, it said what? I bring you good news of great joy for all people. No, some people. No, all people. That's the plan. One vision, Jesus lifted high. One vision. He must increase, I must decrease. And you know why it's about Jesus? Because in eternity, Jesus is all that will matter. Heaven is real, hell is real, and the difference is what? where Jesus is. That's why it's all about Jesus in this life, because it's all going to be about Jesus in the next. That's why our churches need to stay laser-focused about Jesus. We need to stay laser-focused on Jesus. One, Jesus. one vision, Jesus lifted high. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So now, what about subtraction? If addition is that Jesus increases, what is subtraction? I need to decrease. You ever seen the show Extreme Weight Loss? Last week, this young man 
went from 410 pounds to 193 pounds. He lost 217 pounds in one hour. <laughs> How do you do that? How do you do that? You, you need to lose unhealthy things to lose weight. When he decreased, he got healthy. So the church needs to lose some unhealthy things. Now I'm gonna be very honest with you. I will probably say things today that I wouldn't normally say because this is an unusual opportunity. It's not addressed to any one individual or individuals, but it's based on 30 years of dealing with people, both here at Big Valley, 13 years at River Oak Grace in Oakdale, 11 years at Mill Creek. I've observed some things. Let me share with you some things we need to lose. The first is that we need to lose the me attitude for the Christ attitude. We need to lose the me attitude for the Christ attitude. If I embrace the idea that it's not about me, then what I want, what I think, and what I feel needs to die. If Jesus is your Lord, then you've surrendered everything to him, then guess what? All of me for all of you, Jesus. All of me for all of you, Jesus. And if we embrace the idea that it's not about me, guess what? Our, our marriages will change. When I decrease, my marriage gets better. When I decrease, my parenting gets better. When I decrease, my finances get better. When I decrease, my church gets better. When I decrease, my relationship with God gets better. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What do we need to lose? Another thing we need to lose is getting offended easily and showing judgment. How many people do you know who get offended easily? And don't hit the person next to you. How many people do you know that, but what are you going to do when things don't go your way? Here's the challenge. People talk about the meat of the word. You want to know what the meat of the word is? The meat of the word is doing the right thing when something goes wrong. Doing the right thing under the spirit when things don't go your way. Something else we need to lose, and that is... Uh, an attitude says, if this church doesn't do things the way I want, I'll go somewhere else. You know, today's a food court mentality. Um, we go to the food court, American, Mexican, Chinese, uh, Italian. Sometimes in church, we, 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 we get that way. We go, you know, I'm tired of American food. Now, I want to try something different. And we've got a lot of options. Um... I've been to many countries over the years, and I go into third world countries, and I ask, you know, hey, what are, some, what are some exciting churches going on around here? Oh, there's about two of them, or there's three of them. How many churches in Modesto? This church doesn't do things, and sometimes we just need to humble ourselves because Philippians 3 says, for the sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. When my agenda kicks in, 
negative subtraction takes place. So what's something else we need to lose? We want our church to be like the church we loved most in the past. We want our church to be like the past church. You know, it's 2013, and when I go back to to 1962, ah, that's when we really did church. But you know what? When we did church back in 1962, and I was two years old, um, when we went church 10 years ago or even a couple months ago, you know that church that you came from had problems too? There's always been problems in church. Wherever you got people, you got problems. But in the early church, there was problems. In fact, an example is that in the Jerusalem church, Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples, and the, and, and the Jerusalem church said, no, we're not moving, we're staying here. And so what happened? Persecution took place. And in Acts 8, we see them scattered, but, but they were ba- basically being disobedient. We see Paul's letters as he writes these letters in, in the New Testament. You know why those letters were written? Because there were challenges in the church. In fact, in the Corinthian church, Man, they were visiting temple prostitutes. They were ignoring sin in the name of, of, of grace. They were hoarding the good stuff at church potlucks. Don't do that. <laughs> Getting drunk at communion. I mean, and they seemed to have forgotten about the resurrection really mattered. Paul and Barnabas had a messy split over how they handled a young intern named John Mark. I mean, there were challenges. I love this picture of Oliver Cromwell. Oliver Cromwell was the protector of of the Commonwealth of England, Ireland, and Scotland in in 1654. And up until this picture, by the way, there's Oliver Cromwell. Ugly. But, you know, here's this picture of him. What I love about this picture, it's a picture of the church today. Let me explain. Up until then, whenever the portrait was made, they always didn't show any problems, skin irritations in in, in their face, kind of like the magazines we see today. But, but back then, everything had to be just perfect. Oliver Cromwell says, paint me, warts and all. There you see a few warts. The church today, warts and all. And we're all in process. None of us, none of us have arrived. The church you come from, warts and all. The churches in our community, warts and all. But that's why the one vision is we need Jesus. We need Jesus. He's going to change things, and he's doing it. It's his church. It's his church. There's another thing that we need to lose in this. I don't have to be obedient to Christ's teachings. Now, baptism, first step to obedience. But sometimes in the church today, we have a lot of people just coming to sit, not give, not serve, not participate. But what Christ says, he means, because he wants to bring blessing into our lives. So what do you think of the list? Pretty good list, huh? Oh, a little convicting maybe. Now the idea of being one, great concept. Back in, uh, when our kids were small, um, they would wear, the boys would wear t-shirts and their diapers, you know, when they were below one, if you remember those days. And so they would, um, the, the the T-shirt would rise up, you know, and, and, and it wouldn't be together and kind of show things. And so um, a great invention was made for parents called onesies. This is a onesie. And this is a little onesie that we give out at baby dedications in our church. And the Mill Creek logo is here. Isn't that awesome? 
It's like, Rick, this one's free, by the way. Joel, this one's free. If you want to give out baby dedications, put your, put your logo on there. Um, but this is a onesie. And what I love about onesies, it kind of keeps everything together from, from rising up, from those T-shirts rising up. What, what, what's rising up in the church in a negative way? What, what do we always have to struggle with having our T-shirts not rise up? What, what will keep things together being one in Christ? And the hardest thing that we can do and why we need to be one in Christ, we need onesies, <laughs> is because it's hard. It's not easy to stay one. We've got to constantly come back to what the vision is. What is the vision? Jesus lifted up. That's the vision. Jesus lifted up. Make every effort in Ephesians 4.3 to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together, onesies, with peace. So now we've got addition is what? Jesus increased. What's subtraction? I decrease. So what is multiplication? Well, multiplication has two contexts, numbers and biology. God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. There's nothing more exciting than new believers in a church. Reproduction is vital to a healthy church. But sheep produce sheep. And what, leaders, what leadership has done, what Pastor Rick, and by the way, Rick, you've got an awesome staff. What they've done is they've provided the context of, of unity, of one in Christ, but now it's on, it's on you. Sheep produce sheep. So let me give you the definition of multiplication. Multiplication is a mathematical operation that indicates how many times a number is added to itself. Added to itself. The big buzzword in church uh, multiplication and church health is that we produce healthy, reproducible churches. I'm all for church planting. We did it. But could it be that we need to look at this multiplication in another way? And that is, what about not necessarily more churches, but what about more impact? What about getting our churches that we have healthy? And this is a great start. But not about more churches, but about more impact. In fact, let me give you the picture. If Jesus is to be lifted up, and that is my vision, then my vision of Jesus lifted up and your vision of Jesus lifted up, and your vision of Jesus lifted up, and your vision, and your vision, and your vision, and your vision, and your focus is Jesus lifted up, then we have one times one times one times one is one. You didn't say that very clearly. One times one times one is one. Multiplication. Now, I love serving in, in Modesto this season. There are some great things happening. Man, Modesto is not the armpit of the world. I mean, this is the place to live. Let me just tell you some exciting things. First of all, we have Love Modesto, which, of course, you're a part of, and, 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 and you had the vision, but uh, I've seen churches come together and serve. There's another exciting thing happening called City Ministry Network that meets on Thursday mornings once a month, and what it is, it's the, some pastors and parachurch leaders and some leadership uh, communities of our city that are Christ-centered come together to network to make a difference in our community. They have helped mobilize more prayer in churches. They have met with city officials 
with police task force, with educational leaders in assisting them in their job, and guess what? They're inviting the church in. And we're seeing some radical discussions and some changes that we've never seen before. So instead of them coming to us, we're going to them. So when pastors and leaders begin to see coming together to have the vision of Jesus lifting up, to care not just about our churches, but to care about our community, we're going to see some changes, and that's, what we're, that's what's happening. So it's just not about theology. It's about love. But here's the challenge. Multiplication is the ministry principle which the enemy fights the most. He hates what's going on here today. He hates when the church says, we are one in Christ, because he thrives in disunity. Which brings us to the next point. Addition is what? Jesus increased. Subtraction is what? We decrease. Multiplication is one vision. Christ lifted up, Jesus lifted up. So what is division? Many visions. Let me tell you, let me read you a story. A man was walking along San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge when he saw a woman about to jump off. He ran to her, trying to persuade her to, from committing suicide. He told her simply that God loved her. A tear came to her eye, and then he asked her, are you a Christian Jew, Hindu, or what? She says, I'm a Christian. She replied, he said, me too, small world, Protestant or Catholic? Protestant, me too, what denomination? Baptist, me too, Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist, he remarked, me too, Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? She answered, Northern Conservative Baptist. He said, well, that's amazing. Okay, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist or Northern Conservative Reform Baptist? Oh, Northern Con Conservative Fundamental Baptist. Oh, remarkable. Northern California Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Eastern Region? She told him, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region. She told him, whoa, that's a miracle. She said, okay, Northern California Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1879 or Northern Conservative Fundamental Great Lakes Baptist Region of 1912. She said, Northern Conservative Fundamental Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said, die heretic and push her off the bridge. How many of us have pushed someone off the bridge? Division, the granddaddy of them all. If you struggled in math, you didn't like division. If you're a Christian, I, I, I hope that you pray that you don't, you don't like division, but it's the one that shows its ugly head. Division. What, what is the definition of division? The division is more than one. Vision is what is or could be. What could be and should be. That's vision, the future. So what is division? More than one vision. What is our vision? Jesus lifted up. Let me give you an example of more than one vision. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1.10. Let me read it for you. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. 
For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow Christ. Question, what's the division? Who you follow? Now, I'm sure this never happens in Modesto, but let me just kind of bring relevance to it, the text. Let me reread it for you. Is dear Modestonians... I hear their divisions among you. Be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. I have heard some of you are saying, I like Rick's teaching, so I think I'll go there. I like Bob's preaching, I think I'll go to his church. Hey, I want to go hear the new guy at Crosspoint. I've heard some good things about him. I've also heard some of you say that you don't go to church anymore. And you say, you don't need a local church because I follow only Christ. Hmm. We're busy dividing that old food court mentality. So here's where we need to bring it home, though, because we say we're family. We love when we talk about our community being one and there's some good things taking place. But here's, here, here's what's happening in the real world is what about our kids? What about the next generation? They have seen the church this last few years kind of divide, deal with the struggle of, of division. And they, and they say, you know, our young adults are saying, you know, I, I like Jesus, but I don't need the church. And they're kind of independent. Now, whether they, whether they go to this church or, or another church, but, but church is important because the vision is we're, we're one in Christ. And so my challenge is, and, and what we have before us is a, a season where with the church to come together, and we're going to see maybe some young people. Maybe you have some, a young person in your life that kind of walked away from the Lord and said, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even follow Jesus anymore. Man, I, I saw too many. I saw my parents take the pastor to lunch and eat him up, and he wasn't even there. And I've seen people, and I've seen the church divide, and I just don't like it. You think that what Jesus was, was praying? No. And so are young people. We have an opportunity right now in this season to be one in Christ and have some young people, have even our children begin to see the church differently. And we may see a whole generation rise up because that's not the future of the church. That is the church. And so we need to pray for that. So not only when you pass a church would you just pray and you know, bless them, ask God to, to do something great in that church. But when you see young people, just say that in your, in your own spirit. Man, I, I pray for that young person. Now, don't go up to them and, let me just pray for you, and lay hands on them. And, you know, <laughs> but, but just in, in your own spirit, just, you know, I pray for that young person. That God would restore him to himself. Unity. God does not bless division. But man, he loves it when we're unified. So as we think about this, as we close this series, what about arithmetic? Let's review it one more time. What is addition? Jesus increases. What is subtraction? I decrease. What is multiplication? One vision. Jesus lifted up. 
And what is division? More than one vision. So as we close this series, I, I, I'm going to do something just a little bit different. In just a, in just a minute, we're going to stand, and I'm going to have you read some Scripture. The Bible says there's something special about when, when, when a congregation reads Scripture out loud. We're going to do it just a little bit differently. On the screen, you're going to see some red letters or some red words. Those are the words that you'll say. I'll say the words in black. And the reason this is going to be, uh, uh, and all, all, so far, man, it, it's been great in each service, but, but here's the challenge. Unity takes work. Reading this is going to take work. You're going to have to concentrate. You're going to have to just, okay, I'm here. And when those red, red words come up, you're to say that word with just as loud as you can. Right? Because this is Psalm 133, and I'll, I'll just mention a few, few uh, applications from it after we read it together. So here we go. As we close this series, I'd like you to stand to your feet. And we're going to read this scripture of Psalm 133. And I'm going to read the black letters, and you're going to read the, the red letters. You're going to need to concentrate, because this is a promise from the Lord, and it's his heart. All the way back when the Psalms were written. All right, church, are you ready? Here, here we go. How good and blessed. it is when God's people live Together. in unity. It is like oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Yes, yeah. That picture... That picture of Psalm 133 is when it talks about the, the oil running down the beards, not talking about Duck Dynasty. It is talking about when, when Aaron the priest put oil on his head and he on a breastplate were the 12 tribes of, of the nation of Israel. And that oil represented unity. And it would go from the head to his beard to his, to his breastplate representing unity of a nation. The oil of, the God's, of God's spirit brings together unity in it, in it, and it's good and it's pleasant when we dwell in that unity. The idea of the dew of, of Hermon is, is that, the, that the dew was heavy, but it brought refreshment and invigoration to the nation. What we have done this last month should bring refreshment and invigoration to the church, not just Mill Creek, all right, Mill Creek over there, but to Big Valley here and to the other churches in our community. And my prayer and my heart and what I think is going to happen, Rick, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ripple into our region, into our state, into our nation, and into the world. Man, yes. Thank you, Lord. So what I'd like you to do, I want you to grab a hand next to you. All the way across the aisle, grab a hand. Now I'm going to pray for us. We are one in Christ. And so would you pray with me? Lord, we have grabbed hands to represent unity. And right now, the person on your right, would you squeeze their hand? And what you're doing, you're saying, I'm going to pray that you be one in Christ. Squeeze the person on your left and say, pray blessing on you, one in Christ. And Lord, together, we are one in Christ. God, we pray that we would take this these applications of this series, this incredible step of faith by my good friend. God, we're, there's something special here. 
And I just can't let a service go by without giving you an opportunity. Maybe today you're, 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 you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior. Would you give your life over to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and you can't live without him? And would you just receive Christ in your life? Maybe today you came to, to, to witness a baptism and you saw a friend or a family member. What about you? Would you give your heart to Jesus right now? So, Lord, we are united. One vision, you, Jesus, lifted up. No one else, not Rick, not myself. And we thank you and we praise you. And we say in a united front that we are one in Christ. And it's in Jesus' powerful, great name we pray. And we say what? Amen. 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 May it be. May it Amen. be. Thank Give you, Give it up Lord. for my friend. Will you do that? Thank you, God.